Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're going back to school, baby. So grab that backpack, grab your lunchbox, and let's go Let's go make some friends. And our friends are what's bringing this all together and learning from our guests about things to make us better personally, professionally, business owners, I don't know, heck, maybe even relationships. And uh, every guest has something to help us remember that we can continue to make ourselves better. Now, my guest today is Charmaine Hammond. She is a certified speaking professional. She's highly sought after as a business keynote and workshop speaker, but she's also an entrepreneur, an author, an educator, and she teaches and advocates the importance of hmm, developing trust, healthy relationships, and something very important, collaboration in the workplace. She's helped clients in many industries build resilient and engaging workplaces, developing high trust, high accountability relationships, and in the process, solve some workplace issues and conflict that, as we all know, can get in the way of not only success, but profitability. She's respected as a no-fluff, but very rich content speaker who delivers tangible tools to step into action immediately. Now, here's the thing. She's a former correctional officer. Yep, mm -hmm. that means she's worked in jails. And uh, corporate dispute resolution is one of her expertise areas. She now travels the world teaching the principles principles of collaboration, communication, conflict resolution, and resilience. And as we're talking about a number of the projects she's working on, it's also critically important to her that we take care of, you know, that little part, you know, that it happens between our ears and that's taking care of your mind and how much that plays into what we do. So Charmaine, thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, uh, thank you. I'm really excited for today's conversation. I love it. And your background is really interesting and really important for us to know that, you know, we all have conflict at some point in our careers and our businesses and our lives, but how we get through that conflict not only says a lot about us, but helps us build on the future. So tell us a little bit more about what you do specifically and how you help people to shock their potential. Well, now, so after I left the jail system, I went back to school and became a, a mediator. So I was mediating conflicts in family, community, and workplaces. And when I moved across the country uh, to follow the man I love, Christopher, <laughs> the place that I went to had no jail. So I actually had to change careers. I fell in love with working for nonprofit organizations. And then I ventured into working in mental health and worked in a variety of different capacities. At one point, I even volunteered with my dog, who was an animal <laughs> assisted therapy dog, and we volunteered oh. in a psychiatric hospital. Oh, so good. It was so powerful. And all of these experiences sort of led to what I do now, which is um, speaking, training, and facilitating teams, groups, project committees on how to collaborate better, how to work better together, 
how to remain resilient in changing times, and also how to resolve those tough issues that get in the way of success, conflict being one of them. And so I get to work in these uh, workplace environments and on projects where I get to tie in all of my uh, skill sets and all of the things that really, um, I believe, help me shock other people's potential. And what I do now in one of my businesses, I have two businesses, we also work with entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and service clubs to help them raise their dreams and fund their projects through collaboration. And I love watching when they launch their project or they bring on collaborative uh, partners because their potential has just been brought up to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, you've got your fingers in so many things. Let me peel back this onion a little bit because, Mm -hmm. um, and actually I just have enough experience to be dangerous. Let me tell you why I spent several years in the pharmaceutical industry and I worked specifically with mental health drugs and my, um, clients, my customers were in the prisons, the jails, the state mental institutions. I worked with the most, uh, criminally insane. We worked with, you know, kind of the whole gambit. It was really interesting. It taught me a lot about not only mental health, which is so important, but really about, you know, watching how to help people deal with conflict when they also have underlying um, mental health issues. And we all know it's tough enough for us that might not have those, uh, that extra um, layer of challenge in their lives. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to go from that environment, working in corrections and then um, helping people resolve you know, conflict in that area, that must have taught you so much that applies to the rest of the life, but it must have been really challenging. How did you prepare for that or get better at it? Or, you know, what kind of challenges did you face trying to bring about conflict resolution in that kind of environment? That's such a great question, because one of the challenges that I had when I was preparing to leave the correctional system uh, role as a correctional officer and move into a different career was that many of the ways that we handled conflict, we being the staff in the jail, don't work in other situations. You know, in a, in a workplace, when something goes wrong, um, we don't have a whole team that comes in and rescues the situation. We have to deal with that ourselves. So I went back to school and actually learned uh, communication and conflict resolution. A lot of the training that we had in corrections was related to crisis and not necessarily the negotiation part of working through a tough issue. But it also taught me a lot about um, humility and uh, being humble and the importance of respect and how when you show up at a tough time in someone's life, it can change everything. And so all of these, I'll call them softer lessons, really led me into falling in love with a structured process to resolve conflict by. And that's why I went back to school to become a mediator. And it was actually, I'll be honest, it was quite a shift for me, 10 years in working in corrections to now have to learn to deal with conflict differently. My biggest learning was the power of listening to what is and is not being said. So when you hear people in conflict talking about what matters to them, what's driving their position, what their underlying interests are, the ability to resolve the issue is so much easier because you're getting to the core of what matters. And I realized prior to that, I was always dealing with things on such a basic surface level and you have to go deeper in conflict. And that's one of the reasons it's uncomfortable for most of us. 
Yeah. And I think that's such a perfect um, description of it because in the correction system, if there's conflict, then it's like putting out a fire. You've got to put out the fire, all hands on deck, you deal with it and you squish the fire and move on. And there are a lot of leaders who operate that way. There's an issue, there's conflict, I'm going to fix it, I'm going to move on to the next one. But you're only fixing in that moment, maybe, maybe you're fixing it, you think you're fixing it. <laughs> That's right. But if you're not addressing, to your point, the underlying issues, the employee feels, you know, mm-hmm. the true nuances and dynamics of the situation that brought it about in the first place, then you'll never really fix it. You're just putting out a fire for the moment, the fire you can see visibly. That's exactly it. And it, it generally comes back more difficult to deal with. Yeah. It comes back more protracted and oppositional, and then it's harder to resolve. You know, as you were talking and I wrote down, I love taking notes. You wrote down, you know, these softer lessons, and it made me think about why we talk about communication skills and, um, you know, that kind of dynamic. Why do we talk about it as a softer skill? Because it's so much more challenging than learning how to, you know, to drive sales or to drive results, you know, but it's so much more effective yet. We consider it something soft, which I think gives people either leeway to not do it or makes them feel like if I do it, it's not going to be valid. And I think we lose in that. Exactly. I love that you've raised this question because I actually just put a post recently on LinkedIn or one of the platforms about um, in organizations, we really need to look at uh, resilience building, conflict resolution, communication, stress management, not as a soft skills training, but actually as essential skills. Collaboration falls into that as well. And they are softer in the sense that um, like just the language you said a minute ago, you know, drive sales, the the communication that we want to see in workplace is generally softer. It's coming from a more, um, I'll use the word heartfelt or more integral space. Mm-hmm. However, you're exactly right. When we call them soft skills, which is why I call them essential skills when you look yeah. at it as a training, because without those skills, our team will fail. If we can't communicate, if we can't resolve conflict, if we can't manage change and stress, how does a team meet their goals and deliverables? How do they, you know, achieve um, strategic plan? So Mm -hmm. it's a softer approach. Maybe that's a better word for me to use. It's a softer approach to dealing with human issues, but they're essential skills. That's kind of the sense that I always have is, you know, why would we think of them as softer skills? They're so vital to our success. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Essential skills. Okay, good. We got it. So we're (laughs) going to take a quick break um, and we're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z.com. And we are back with Charmaine Hammond. And um, I love what you do on so many levels because you know, whatever I do, so I teach leadership and sales and I'm working in similar kinds of processes, but different words, but I'm always hearing from people, you know, it's that person that comes up to you at the break and says, 
you know, I love it. I love everything you're doing, but you know, my boss doesn't operate that way or our company doesn't operate that way. And we don't know how to ask questions or give feedback or, and so what they're really saying is there's conflict here and I don't know how to do it. And, um, you know, do you get that a lot when you go out and you, you know, you're doing this hands-on? Absolutely. I think you've just captured something so critically important is that the reason why these, whether you call them difficult conversations, I like to call it courageous dialogue. When these courageous mm. dialogues don't happen, it's often because people don't know how to get the conversation going. They don't know how to communicate their fears, their concerns, that sensitive feedback. And so what happens is it's avoided. And one of the things that I've learned, a couple of things that I can share is that as humans, we're typically pretty forgiving. So if you are providing feedback to someone and it doesn't land right, it doesn't come out well, that's an opportunity to do what I call the mulligan. I'm not a golfer, but I love this term. <laughs> you know, the mulligan is the yes. do-over right, right there in the moment. You can, you'll, their face will tell you whether it landed well or not. And if yes. it didn't appear to land well, it's a great opportunity to say, I'm sorry. What I meant to say didn't come out the way I intended. Let me try that again right there in the moment. And people, like, I've never oh. had anyone say, no, don't tell me what you really, <laughs> people are not going to say that. So we need to fix those um, errors because we are human. It will happen. Mm -hmm. It happens to me and I teach this stuff. And the other piece is, to, there's a great quote, and I don't know who Judge Esty is, but Judge Esty said something that I'll never forget. Conflict is not like wine. It doesn't get better with age. <laughs> <laughs> so we've so got to deal with it quickly. And, and you know, yeah. I've learned that if you can think about these tough conversations, it may not be conflict, it might be giving someone sensitive feedback. Mm -hmm. But for whatever these conversations are that require us to be courageous, take us out of our comfort zone. Think of them as having bookends, the first 90 seconds and the last 90 seconds. And when you can master that, it sets the stage for a much better conversation. So when you can, I'll often hear leaders say something like, well, let's get down to it. We got some important stuff to deal with or we got some tough stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just set the conversation up for opposition, yep. fear, tension. right? Absolutely, tension. Whereas when you have a leader who says, I so appreciate you taking time today. I know we've got some important things to talk about and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity for us to clear the air together. That's a totally different framing. And then how you end the conversation. <laughs> and one leader in a mediation go, whoo, thank goodness that one's over. <laughs> and I thought, oh, oh, you did so well up until now. And then what happened is it kind of <laughs> tension release and it was totally, you know, integral and it was totally just authentic to that person. But I watched the facial expressions of the employee Oh, and the, yeah. it changed dramatically. So I said, tell me what you mean by that. And then the supervisor led into, that was a tough conversation, but it was really important that we cleared the air. And I feel like I know you so much better. I feel like our trust is improved. And that's a totally different ending, right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's so great. And it's funny you say this too. I love the description as courageous dialogues that I actually just did a, a video on having difficult conversations. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, you know, that in and of itself will create that tension. Right. Um, and 
just the thought of it. If it's difficult, we don't want to do it. But if it's courageous, we might not think we're courageous, but we know we can at least make an attempt. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I also, like you said, fix in the moment, because I think whenever you can fix in the moment, you mm -hmm. avoid a lot of other issues. Well, so you've already taught us a great deal so far, but you know, I'm asking everybody to teach us something that will help us get even better uh, personally, professionally, in our jobs, in our businesses. So what can you teach us today that you haven't taught us already so far? I'd love to talk about the power of collaboration, especially now in the world. Now in the world, I feel like more than ever, that skill of collaboration in the workplace is essential. We have teams that are maybe not coming back to the workplace. They're going to remain virtual, sort of in a hybrid situation. We, and so as I'm talking to leaders and employees, I'm hearing things like our team feels a little fragmented. Um, mm. We're a conflict for many organizations is rapidly increasing. Um, there's communication breakdowns. And, and so collaboration is such an important skill set to help teams shock their potential. It really is. Not everybody is naturally a collaborator. There's many True. of us who prefer to work independently or in a pair instead of a group. So teaching collaboration skills, when I think about all of the team building processes that I facilitated, all the teams I've done training with, and I look at those teams that I would say are highly successful, their potential on collaboration is so high. What ingredients exist is um, a willingness to fix things in the moment as we talk mm -hmm. about, but a willingness to um, disagree, to realize that their perception is not the perception, it's simply yeah. a perception. Some of the other pieces that um, collaboration is um, so useful in helping people and teams reach their potential is it's an opportunity to actually revisit communication and how people work better together. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to revisit trust. And I think that with collaboration, because so many of us are doing collaboration, not just in a physical workspace, but now in this virtual place, we have yeah. to help people be comfortable with the tools. And I'll give you a, an example. Last year, when people really started using online platforms at a heightened yeah. state because of the what was going on in the world, um, I was doing a training session and I've worked with this team several times. So I know the people well, and I noticed one of the individuals just seemed really disengaged. And so I checked in with her and she shared something that just, you know, lit a light bulb in my brain. She said, Charmaine, I am so uncomfortable on virtual platforms. I don't, I've never used them until now. I can't stop staring at myself. I'm looking at myself, critiquing that my lipstick isn't on evenly. <sighs> my hair doesn't look good. Oh my gosh, there's dirty dishes in the background that I didn't notice. She could not get past that to actually dive in to, to the engage. team. It, to engage, exactly. It was so distracting for her. And so the leader didn't know that. And it provided a great opportunity to make sure that everybody, A, had the equipment they needed, B, felt confident on the tools, C, mm -hmm. got training on how to show up as their best them in yes. a virtual way. And so I thought that, like, kudos to that leader for spending the time, money, and resources to provide that support because a lot of people would just let people figure it out. And meanwhile, right. like imagine a year later, if she was still feeling uncomfortable, like that's a team member disengaged for a year. 
So we really have to make sure that people understand how to collaborate effectively and have the tools and resources to do it. Yeah, I, that is such a great example because we all saw it. We saw, you know, we still see it with people who, you know, are don't remember to unmute or, you know, they've got yeah. something going on in the background. Luckily, nobody's really too concerned if a cat walks by you anymore and they're like, whatever. <laughs> My cat's so tired of being exactly. on uh, TV that, yeah, yeah. You know, or on film. <laughs> She's like, whatever, I'm totally done with that. But you're right. Um, and you also brought up another really important point. We talked a lot about this in our July um, series on with leadership which was about when we go and we have more businesses that are hybrid, even if they're hybrid because one part of the team is going to be in Monday, Tuesday, and the other Thursday, Friday, or whatever, that there's a different dynamic to being the one person on the video screen and mm. not in the room. Yes. And yes. that has a lot of potential for really pulling people apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's such a good point because um, it's e even how it looks to people and then yeah. people draw assumptions. Why do we have to be here? And you're not like yeah. so much happens in the undercurrents. Yeah. And, um, I love that you've raised that because I don't think this is going away anytime yeah. soon. And, um, you know, the other piece that I've heard employers and, and leaders in HR talk about when it comes to, uh, virtual is the speed at which meetings are happening. Like people are literally, getting off a call at 10 o'clock and starting a call at 10 o'clock. So there's exactly. no, you know how, when you're in an office, you walk down the hall, you might grab yep. your coffee, say hello yep. to a couple of people. But now, exactly. All that yeah. stuff that is just natural and it's not happening for many people on zoom. So the way in which people are entering meetings is really interesting. They're entering sort of rushed, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get organized as they're on camera. And so I really encourage people. There was one leader I talked to the other day and she has required her, um, employees to start their calls at 15 minutes after the hour mm -hmm. and to do 45 minute calls. And there if they go. need more time, they book another call. And I thought, what a great, again, what a great Absolutely. way to, to show leadership that those transition times matter to our team. It matters to our success. It matters to how we collaborate. And, you know, she's pretty stringent on it. She follows yeah. up with people when they're racing into the meeting and asks Good. how come they're racing in. Yeah. Well, and that it even goes back to your, you know, one of your passion projects is, you know, taking care of the mental health, your mental health, that takes a toll on people. So not only do you maybe be frazzled or, you know, you don't have everything together, but after a while, that is highly stressful and keeps you in that sense of uh, uh, cortisol, just cruising yeah. through your body. Oh my God, I got to get back there right now. That will take its toll on us, on our mm -hmm. productivity, our, our ability to collaborate and just get the job done. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Charmaine, I could talk to you all day. I love everything you've got going on. It's so much aligned with what we do in our organizations and try to do and try and have the message. So I love it. And I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody says, I need to find her right now, we need her. What's the best way for them to find you? On either of my web pages, CharmaineHammond.com or RaiseADream.com. I love it. And before we go, Charmaine, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Oh, I, the one that I'm going to share is because of all the heightened stress and conflict that people are often experiencing in workplaces and families, it's just to remember that proving somebody wrong doesn't make you right. Oh. <laughs> 
So instead of the energy of trying to prove someone wrong so you can be right, because it's just a perception, use that energy to bridge understanding and collaboration. I love it. It's funny how I've, three people popped into my head the moment you said that. <laughs> I love it. Charmaine, thank you so much for your thank wisdom you. today and your energy and for what you do. You've been an absolutely fantastic guest. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.